As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Hi, friends. My name is Paul Renner. I'm leading the home group tonight on behalf of my father, Rick Renner. And today we will be talking about Easter and we'll be talking about the people that actually saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is key to our faith. And as you celebrate Easter this year, you can be sure that Jesus is raised from the dead. And that is enough reason for us to rejoice and have hope that he is coming back for us again. Along with me here in the studio is my mother, Denise, and my brother, Joel. Thank you, Paul. Home group, have you loved this time together? I've loved this time together. And celebrating our Lord, everything that he's done for us, everything he suffered, um, and and how he rose from the dead. You can't get more victorious than raising from the dead. Mm-hmm. And how he just absolutely destroyed the power of death. And then he even said, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Who has the keys to death, hell, and the grave? Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to tell you, we are celebrating with you. That's right, Mama. We really are. We're celebrating Jesus' resurrection. That is the truth. But friends, today is the last day in this series that we're talking about Easter. Sunday is just in a few days. Who are you inviting to church? That is a very, very good question. Think about it and pray for your pastor so he can have the right word to speak to so many people on Sunday. So many people are going to have the chance to hear the story of Jesus, of our Lord Savior. But today is the last day in our series. And if you have not gotten the free study guide, please go to Rinder.org and download it. It's absolutely for free. Today will be the last day we're offering for free. And if you want to study Easter, this is a great study guide. It has all these historical facts, questions for you to answer, things for you to think about, historical facts, Greek words, scriptures. It is just loaded. It's 165 pages. That thing is a big one. It's a big one. That's right. And also, get the series. It's 25 parts. It's even more than we talked about in home group. And it just follows along with the study guide. And these two together are really a great, great thing to have. And this is what Dad's been teaching uh, for the last three weeks on, on television. That's right. That's absolutely right. And if you need prayer, please call us at 1-800-742-5593 or email us at prayer at random.org. We believe in the power of prayer. And we believe that when we pray, God hears us. And miracles can happen in our life. Isn't that right, Mom? Absolutely, because he's a miracle worker. That's right. Amen. Today I'll be reading from Sparkling Gems. If you have Sparkling Gems, you can read along with me. I'll be opening up to May 1st. Also, uh, if you have not purchased the book, Paid in Full, it's a great one. And if you're watching the intros to the daily program reg- uh, carefully, you may even see that my father was reading from the book, Paid in Full, in some of the intros that he did directly from Jerusalem. That was a fun trip where they got to go to Jerusalem and film things connected to Easter, the crucifixion, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also other subjects coming up soon, like Pentecost, very soon coming up Pentecost. All right, so what have we discussed so far? I'm going to read directly from Sparkling Gems, uh, April 1, How the Devil Turned a Friend into a Betrayer. Mm. Have you felt agony over situations? 
have you faced that you faced in life? Supernatural assistance when you didn't know where help, uh, where to turn for help, and many other subjects that we talked about about everything that happened to Jesus during the final days of his life here on earth. He experienced so many things that many of us will not ever have to experience. And he experienced so many things that many of us have experienced, like being humiliated or being falsely accused or being betrayed. He experienced those things that we experience. And he has compassion for us today when we experience similar things. Can I say something, Paul? Mm -hmm. Because I often take communion by myself at home. And so I always read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And, and it says that on that night, it says he took bread. And it says when he was betrayed. It, 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 I, I want to read it to you because cause I'm not saying it right. But it says, for I received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And Paul, you're talking about betrayal. And, and, and betrayal is such a big deal in the soul of men that the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, brings to fact that it was on the night that he was betrayed. Mm-hmm. It could have said on the night that the soldiers arrested him. Mm-hmm. On the night that Peter cut off the Malchus's ear, it could have said that. On the night that they drugged Jesus away, it didn't say that. It said on the night that he was betrayed. There is freedom for all of us, no matter what has happened. Mm-hmm. And he paid deeply for that heartache or in the mind or in the soul even in your body something we even take we even take pain of what's in our mind and it goes into our body a betrayal and i wanted to point that out to somebody because because it's the holy spirit still talking about it even after jesus has been resurrected and in heaven for a long time he's still talking about betrayal and so there's freedom for you Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Jesus was led like a sheep to its slaughter. Has anyone ever spit in your face? Mm. Has anyone ever had fun at your expense? Jesus experienced that when they were playing games at Jesus's expense. Pilate did not want to take responsibility for the crucifixion of Jesus and sent him to Herod. And then Herod made fun at Jesus and then sent him back to Pilate. Pilate eventually washed his hands to say, this is not my doing, this is your doing. Pilate even tried to release Jesus, but instead of releasing Jesus, he released Barabbas. Pilate did his best to release Jesus knowing that he was not guilty. Jesus was scourged. Jesus was scorned. Jesus was crucified. Jesus was buried. And Jesus was resurrected from the death. Amen? Amen. Now, we've already read that when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to check on Jesus' burial place, they noticed that the tomb was empty. 
Now, this could have been very frightening because maybe they thought that someone stole his body. But then the angel says, don't be afraid. I know that you're seeking Jesus who was crucified. He is risen. Mm -hmm. Then we read about how Jesus stopped on his way to heaven during his ascension to talk to Mary and comfort her. Then we know that Jesus met with the two disciples on their way to Emmaus to talk to them. And then, when later, later when Jesus shows up to meet the apostles, the, his disciples, he says, I already met with Mary. You guys already knew that my tomb was empty. Uh, John and Peter, you saw my tomb was empty. I already met with the disciples that spoke to you about the fact of my resurrection, and you still haven't believed. Joe, I liked it so much how you mentioned that yesterday, almost as if Jesus was testing them to see whether they would believe without seeing first. Yeah, that's well, what he did. Well, the Word of God says that, you know, you believe because you've seen. He, it, Jesus said that to Thomas. But he said, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen. And that's you and me. Mm-hmm. We believe. We haven't seen, but we believe. Well, we believe and we're blessed for it. That's right. And we're blessed. Yes, that's right, Paul. Joel? I was reading from a study guide, and you were talking about the 11 disciples who they heard from these other people, but they didn't believe themselves of Jesus' resurrection. But I I, want to read a question from the study guide. Upon hearing from the women that Jesus was no longer in the tomb, Peter and John ran to the grave to see for themselves. The other disciples didn't move. Isn't that interesting? Why do you think, well, what do you think may have caused them to stay put? If you had been one of the nine who stayed put, stayed behind, what would you have needed to hear to light a fire in you to go after Jesus? Hmm. Very good question. Very good question. Well, I would want to be like Peter, who ran like the wind to so- go see that tomb. That's what I would like to be like. Wow. Well, you know, Peter had denied the Lord. I was just thinking about that. The two disciples that we read about that did ran, we know it was John that loved Jesus, specifically kind of sets him aside as the one who was loved and the one that loved Jesus. I mean, he calls himself, I am the loved. Yes. And Peter, the one who denied Jesus and has not yet been reaffirmed. That comes later. A little bit later when Jesus shows up, when Peter and some of the other disciples are fishing. Yes. And some people say they went back to their old profession. When they were fishing, uh, Jesus shows up and says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. So this is still before Peter was reaffirmed or before he had that special conversation with Jesus where Jesus tells him to feed my sheep. So there are several situations where Jesus shows up and shows up unexpectedly. Here when we read about Jesus showing up, it says that the doors were locked. There was no way that Jesus could have walked through the door or no one knocked on the door. He just shows up in the midst of them. And they saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, who was dead and was crucified. Jesus now bears the marks of his crucifixion. He now eternally bears the marks of his crucifixions. And the disciples saw that. 
they saw Jesus who was dead. Not a different Jesus, not another appearance or supernatural experience of a different type of whatever. They saw the same Jesus that they saw crucified. And that has significance for them. That has significance for us. You know, I've thought about this moment where Jesus says to them, and he said it to them again. He said, peace to them in the 19. Mm -hmm. And then in, in 21, he says, peace to you. And, and I just thought about what that would be like for us. You know, we know, we know the end of the story. We know all of this, but the disciples, they were in the moment. They were living this. We didn't see the Lord crucified. We didn't see him hanging on the cross. We didn't see him trying to push himself up on those nails to get a breath of air. We didn't see that. But they saw that. And and they they saw when he was wrapped up. And I mean, he is really dead. And now he just appears in the room like and no wonder Jesus said peace to him because they were probably just like freaking out. Wouldn't you be freaking out mm -hmm. if he just, if he just, it doesn't say walk through the door. It says he was just there. Mm -hmm. What would your reaction be, Paul? I think I would be pretty surprised. But it also says, Jesus says, handle me, touch me, meaning I'm not a ghost. Mm -hmm. yes. You can touch me. Yes. He said, give me food to eat. Yes. Next, he said, all of a sudden, Jesus said, have you, have you here any meat? Now, I guess that means that ghosts don't eat. I, I don't know. Let's not get into that. But the point is, is it was Jesus flesh and blown. Yeah. Jesus was there. You could touch him. Glorified. You, yes, glorified Jesus. You could touch him. And he ate. Meaning this is proof that this is not a ghost. This is not an illusion. This was Jesus in front of them. Well, he even fixed breakfast for them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jesus is so cool. He's he is so awesome. real. He's awesome. He's the same today, <laughs> yesterday, and forever. You can rely on what Jesus says. And he was so lighthearted about that, too, because he knew the disciples had been out there all night, of mm. course. And he knew they didn't catch anything. He knew that. And then he, he yells to them. He doesn't say, hey, disciples. The Bible says he said, hey, children, hey, boys, put your nets on the other side. Mm. And then he did that. And then he gave them the privilege of bringing in this huge hall. But then he was on the shore and he'd already fixed breakfast for them. Mm. I, he's so like Paul said, like Joel said, he's so cool. Yep. Mom, could you please open uh, Acts chapter one? Yes. So we know that Thomas was not there the first time that Jesus showed up to meet with the disciples. But then eight days later, the disciples were behind locked doors again. But this time Thomas was with them. And we read about this in John chapter 20, verses 26 and 27. And then in Acts, we read that there were many proofs that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Mama? Okay. It says in uh, Acts chapter one, it says in verse two, it says until the day in which he was taken up. 
after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 5 and 7, it says that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. Meaning that when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he was referring to people who were still alive at that moment, who could actually say, I am one of the people that actually saw Jesus raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. He was referencing these people to prove once again to the Corinthians who didn't have the opportunity to see Jesus while he was on the earth, that there were other people. He was referencing other people who actually did see Jesus saying that there was over 500 brethren at one time that saw Jesus raised from the dead. So there are many proofs in the Bible referencing people, real people, that actually saw Jesus raised from the dead. Now today, we believe simply because the Bible says. And we're blessed for it. But the Bible gives us enough proof that our faith is not baseless. Now we choose whether to trust the Bible, whether to trust the people who saw Jesus raised from the dead, whether to trust the authors and the writers of the Bible. We choose to trust what they say or not, or to trust whether the Bible is inspired of the Holy Spirit. But at some point, it's your choice. You have to decide. Do you believe? Is this truth to you? Or is this going to remain uh, a story that has no real-life implications specifically for you? But it actually does. It does have real-life implications for you because... Jesus was raised from the dead so that you could be saved, so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have eternal life. He, he, this has real life implications for you. And, it, and it's stupid to think that it's just something that happened back then and it has no, no implication for me today. It does. But whether it will or not in a positive way depends on whether you choose to believe on it or not. He already did everything so that everyone could be saved. But unfortunately, not everyone will be saved because some people choose to not believe. And some people choose to believe. Those that choose to believe, those that confess, they will be saved. And the truths that we've been talking about for the last three weeks have immediate real-life implications. But the people that choose to not believe will not be saved. It's, it's very simple. He wants to save everyone. But unfortunately, not everyone believes. And if you make it any more complicated than that, you begin messing it up. It's really, really simple. And that's why we keep preaching. That's, that's why we keep sharing our story. Have you done your homework yet? Please do your homework. Share someone. Share with someone your story about how you were saved especially your children, especially your parents, your brothers, your sisters, especially when you sit down together to eat. Perhaps you'll be together for an Easter service or perhaps you'll be together for Easter as a whole family. 
take time to share your testimony, especially with those people closest to you. It will encourage you. It will encourage them. And as you're encouraged, as they're encouraged, maybe you can go out and share your testimony with someone else. Be bold. Jesus was bold. And you have the boldness that you need to go out and share your story with someone else. This is quite an opportunity that we have still to be able to share the gospel. You know, Jesus said, work while you still have time. Yes. And we still have time to work. We still have time to preach. We still have time to tell. And, and you know, the devil, because uh, he's done this to me before, he'll say, don't say that 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 person because they'll be offended. Years and years ago, we were traveling in the United States, and we were driving out of this hotel and getting on the road. And I said, oh, Rick, stop. I've got to go back and talk to that the lady at the registration, I just got to tell her that Jesus loves her. Now, the enemy was telling me she's going to hate you for this. She's going to spit in your face. I mean, it, all kinds of things like that. And I said, I, I can't do this. I've got to go obey the Lord. So I went back <laughs> and I went back and told this lady and I told her how she could get saved. And she looks at me and she goes, could you please say that again? Because I want to write it down. What if I'd listen to the devil say, don't, don't say it. They'll be offended. Don't say it. They'll reject you. She would have never heard. So we have a responsibility when the Holy Ghost says to do this or say this or give this. It's our opportunity to hear him and it's our opportunity to express him, the living God to people. So they will believe in him mm-hmm. and you are his instrument. Amen. Thank you for being with us this week and being with us while we've been talking about Easter. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to share and talk with each other and ask you, Lord, to help us, especially this Sunday to celebrate your resurrection. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Love you. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.